here. We got him covered, Bob. What's going on? Why? One of them's full. What do you mean? <laughs> All right. Here. Let's do this. I'll put the lids back on. You hold this. And I'll hold this. What happened? What happened to this Dr. Pepper? It overflowed. Hmm. Because you see, you see, I think that Dr. Pepper was actually overwhelmed. When I talk to people, um, hey, how are, how are you? How's your week been? What I always get, I, I, I get one word. And it's never overflowed. It's almost always. You guys hear this word? It's the word overwhelmed. Well, I was trying to get home from work today, and there was this wreck, and so oh, it caused this traffic. And I, and I needed to get home because we had soccer practice, and, and then I had to fix dinner, and, and also, oh, I forgot, to, I forgot to email this person, and so I've got to get this email done at the same time. And as soon as dinner's over, then we've got to do uh, we've got to do baths. We call it bed and bath and butts at my house. Like like it, it's this time of day that all kids go crazy. And and while that's happening, oh my boss is calling. Shoot, I forgot to get that thing. I got to get it back to him. And then have you been in this space? I, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of stuff. I'm looking at the calendar, honey, and we got to go do this and we got to go do this. How how? How am I going to do this? And then if you're a parent, you know that moment like when you're completely and utterly, you know, everything, you have nothing left. That's guaranteed the moment that your kid throws up. Because the language of our day is busyness. The language of our day, the language of our culture is overwhelmed. If you have a free moment, we're going to fill it, right? And when we look at a story <laughs> about a widow from Nain, a, a story about compassion, the danger is that you guys feel this is your life, completely overwhelmed. And then Jesus teaches us a story. He shares a story. Luke shares a story about compassion. And what's it feel like? Does it feel like one more thing? You guys ever have that feeling? You know, I talk to people all the time. AJ, you can take a seat. Thanks, brother. Here. I want this one. You can have that one. Sorry, I know we made a mess. Last week we talked about Jesus' uh, great teaching on the plane, his sermon on the plane. It was a teaching about, hey, beware of the traps of this world. Hey, I want you to do unto others. Hey, I want you to be generous. Hey, I want you to watch where your, what your words say. Make sure you're paying attention to your own faults, your own flaws. And I'm afraid in a world, in a culture,
culture like ours, that feels like just one more thing. And something's got to break because one more thing is not going to fit in here, right? Because this is already overwhelmed. Jesus gives us this story about compassion, even if you guys remember in Luke, uh, in Matthew's gospel, uh, uh, when Matthew gives the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the kind of big key moment, the moment he's getting to is all about righteousness and living rightly. But in Luke's Sermon on the Plain, the big, big key moment is about loving your enemies and being compassionate. That's what it says in, uh, in, in chapter 6, verse 23. I may even have that verse up there. Maybe I don't have it up there. Um, Jesus says in chapter 6, verse 36, sorry. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. There it is. Not an option. You must. And the issue is, for us in, in our world, in our culture, does that feel like just one more thing? Like, I love this scene of, uh, so we've got these two crowds meeting, one crowd of mourning and another crowd all following Jesus. And, and this crowd around Jesus, they all need something from Jesus, right? That, that's probably why they're there. They're attracted to the teaching, but they also want healing and health and recovery or relief from, you know, or exorcism or something. They all want something from Jesus. Like, Jesus, at that moment, at that time, is, is booked, right? His schedule is as full as any schedule could be. He could teach in, in any house. He could teach in any synagogue. He, he's got a list of speaking engagements this long, right? And it would have been so easy for him to come into the city of Nain and just kind of done this thing. And just kind of said, you know, my, I'm pretty full right now. My schedule is pretty full right now. But that's not the heart of the Father, right? Jesus says, you must be compassionate. And instead of looking inwardly and going, oh man, you know, I'm really overwhelmed right now. Jesus does what? Says his heart overflows with compassion. That word "overflow" is um, uh, it's what happens when I do this to this bottle. Some of you are already getting nervous. Why? I didn't pour anything into it, did I? But something inside here is changing, isn't it? It's getting hard. And if I open this, what would happen? Would it be overwhelmed or would it overflow? See, it comes from a different place, right? And that word overflowed with compassion, Jesus Jesus' heart overflowed with compassion it is literally a word about, uh, it, it literally means movement of the innards. <laughs> that 
this stuff in, in this space of us, lungs and heart and kidneys and stomach, uh, for, uh, for a Greek mind, that, that is where the center of emotion was, right? And when Jesus saw the mourning widow, this part of him began to move. It began to bubble up. It began to shake out of him. He was moved with emotion from the inside out. And I think when Jesus says, you must be compassionate, he's not adding something else on our to-do list or on your schedule of things to do. But he's talking about this piece of us. Remember what he said about language. Remember? He says, out of the overflow of the heart does the mouth speak. Right? And when Jesus talks about compassion, he's seeing the same thing. He says, it's not just something else I, I, it's not just something else I want you to do, but this, your, your words, good words come from a treasury of a good heart. And compassion comes from a heart of compassion. Are you with me? And so what needs to be transformed is not just the things we're doing, but what needs to be transformed is what's moving and stirring inside of us. Big question. When was the last time your heart overflowed with compassion for anyone or anything? I think for probably too many of us, it's been a long time. You know, I don't have time for that. I'm way too busy for that. My schedule's way too full for that. You know, I love that um, what kind of started this whole episode was, was sound. You remember, this crowd that was marching with Jesus probably heard the cries of that crowd way before they saw each other. When was the last time you heard the cries of people around you? It's there. It really is there. People that are having struggle, people are that, that are having difficulty, people that are having issues in their marriage. There's, there's bits and hints, and if you listen, you can hear it. But if you're completely overwhelmed in your schedule and with busyness, what's your chances of hearing it? See, the, the distance we need to move from is from overwhelmed to overflowing. From busyness to compassion. I know I kind of harp on you guys sometimes about a, about a kind of a daily Bible study, a daily quiet time, a daily, a daily time in Scripture. Um, 
and and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to brag, uh, but uh, my wife is wanting us. It's been so hard for us to find a time together. You know, like we just don't want to during bed, bath, and butts time. It seems difficult. That's too hard. After that, we're kind of wiped out. And uh, and so my wife said, "Well, I'm getting up early. Why don't you get up early with me?" And I said, "No. How about somebody else? <laughs> you know, uh, I can I can have my quiet time later. I can do I can do my study time later." And she said, "No, we need to do this together. What if you get up early?" And I said, "Okay. Well, at six o'clock a.m., we've got to be getting kids and everything going, so it's got to happen before six a.m." I said, "How about 5:55?" So, well, that's a good start. So, uh, for the past couple of weeks, um, Amy's up, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. I haven't, I haven't been always faithful, but we've been getting up at 5.30 to study and pray together. And I know that seems like one more thing, doesn't it? How can my schedule, I've already got a completely full day. Now you want me to get up early. That seems like one more thing. But it is out of that space that we found life. It's out of that space that all of a sudden our days are completely rearranged. It is out of that space that now all of a sudden we're able to hear the cries of our neighbor and our friends. It's out of that space that we've found the ability to kind of be compassionate and empathetic to others again. Are you with me? Is this making any sense? Um, Rachel, if you want to go ahead and come back up. In just a minute, uh, we're going to have a time of communion. And, uh, and it's kind of a communion response time. So we'll give you a chance to respond. And if God's put something on your heart, maybe you uh, want to learn more about our church or ways we can pray for you or, or maybe things in your life have just been completely crooked that the, that the idea of stopping and showing compassion or, or the idea of, of a divine interruption coming into your life would completely throw things off. Then maybe it's, it's a space for us to pray for you. To, to reorganize things, to, to think differently about your time and your schedule and your day, to think differently about yourself, to, to start a renovation of, of this, this space in us. What would it be like for this space to, to move and, and have room to move and breathe? And, and, and what would happen if, if God began to transform this space in you would you feel overwhelmed? Or would you begin to overflow? I love the end of the story. Jesus hands the boy back to his mother. Uh, the Stoics used to believe, and, and people believe today even, that uh, that that this this God this idea of God is is that that God is some somehow some way somewhere else. You get this? And maybe we like it that way sometimes. But but it's this idea that that uh, that the primary characteristic of God is apathy. You know, He's kind of up in in cloudland, and we're down here, and. I mean, he doesn't really care about what's happening here in our world and in our life. Like, he's not really 
not really invested or, or involved. Like, like he doesn't really have feelings for for us or, or for this place. Like, like, like God is distant. He's got no time for, for things of this earth. But I love this story because at the end, Jesus hands the boy back to his mother. And it says, great fear swept the crowd. In verse 16, great fear swept the crowd. And they praised God saying, a mighty prophet. Hey, this seems like Elijah or Elisha has risen among us. And then they say, God has visited his people today. You see how big that statement is? Where is God? Not somewhere else, not some distant place, not in, you know, not, not full of apathy. But all of a sudden in this story, we see a God who is incredibly empathetic, that, that has a heart that overflows with compassion for his people. When joy replaces mourning, when life is restored, when compassion overflows, God is there. Think about that. If we can somehow as Christians make the jump from being overwhelmed to overflowing, what will our world see? What will they in those moments when we overflow with compassion for our neighbors and our friends, for, for complete strangers, in those moments... Will God be far away and apathetic? Or will our world be introduced to a God that is near? Will they say, when they see our compassion, will they say, God has visited his people today? So I invite you. <laughs> Americans <laughs> who are like overwhelmed as our business. This is what we do, right? I invite you to a transformation that can happen here. I invite you to follow the teachings, the deep teachings of Jesus. I invite you to follow his example. I invite you to have hearts that overwhelm low. And in that moment, in that space, may God be present. In just a minute, we're going to have a time of communion, and we've got stations set up around the room. I'm just going to let you enter into this space. Man, I, 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 there's a part of me that wants to go Old Testament. Let's have an altar and sacrifice our, our, our planners and our schedules, and, and I don't know that we need to go that far. But in, this, in these next few moments, can, it, can a change happen? Can you ask for a change to happen? Let's pray together. Father God, uh, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for, for this story of Jesus. Man, it's so, it's so intimate and, 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 and so interesting. It, it seems simple, and, and what happens in this moment is... It's awesome. God, our, our world thinks that. 
that you're judgmental and cruel and, or, or at the very least that you're, you're not invested, that, that you're not near, you're not close. And yet here we have this example of your, your own son's heart breaking because of a widow's tears. Father God, there's a change that needs to happen in each of us. We've, we, we've, we've exchanged busyness for compassion. We've exchanged uh, apathy for empathy. And, and so, Father God, I ask for, for change to happen in each of us. Deep down in, in our innards, that place that's been, been stagnant and dead, Father God, I pray that it would begin to move again. That, that we wouldn't be numb to the cries of those around us. That we wouldn't be deaf to their pleas. But when we see pain and anguish and difficulty, Father God, man, I, I pray that there would be a movement in us. I pray that our hearts would overflow like, like your heart did. Because, Father God, it says we must be compassionate because... We are your children because you are compassionate, because that's who you are. And so, Father God, what needs to happen in us? I, I pray your spirit to do its work in us now, even in this place, even in this moment. Help us to encourage and uh, lift each other up. Let's, uh, we don't have to do it alone, but let's hold each other accountable to deep moves of compassion. What would it look like? What would it look like if we weren't so overwhelmed and, if, and we exchanged overwhelmed lives for overflowing lives? Father God, we love you. And in your son Jesus' name, everyone together says, Amen. I invite you to enjoy a time of communion together.